Hello and welcome to the Mastercast, the official Games Master podcast. You are listening to Robin Valentine, your host. I'm the production editor on the magazine. I'm also joined by our senior staff writer, Ben Griffin. How's it going? How are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you, Robin? I'm all right. Oh, cool. That's great to hear. Well, we can't sit here jabbering away all day because we've also Matt got Matt Gilman's over here. Oh, hello. Oh, I've just what, introduced what are you him. guys doing here? <laughs> Hi, Matt. It's Hi. Up. Shut the door. Uh, there you go. It's our editor, Matt Gilman. Ben, I'm going to yeah. ignore Matt. Okay, straight back to you. Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, hurts. It hurts me. Don't let the door hit you. Because, Ben, what I want to hear about, what I'm desperate to hear about... Is it Dead Rising? It's Dead Rising oh, 4. Oh, I guessed that. You've managed to guess that completely randomly. Yes. So, in both our issue on sale now, which is 306, which is our uh, 51 best games, um, all the best games to look forward to of 2016... Um, we've got a little snippet on Dead Rising, and then in our uh, issue coming out on the 11th of August, issue 307, which... Am I about to say what's on the cover? Sure. Mm. <laughs> 307, which has Link on the cover, Ooh. Uh, Legend of Zelda, it, absolutely beautiful cover, so look mm. forward to that one. That's on sale on the 11th of August, and that contains a full spread of Dead Rising 4 info. I then, agree. Yeah. What's your favourite part about Dead Rising 4? <laughs> oh, well, it has to be the weapons. Uh, well, if you didn't know, Dead Rising's a game all about the weapons. It's about using these weapons to kill hundreds upon hundreds of zombies. The first one had a, uh, was set in a mall and it had like a bizarre array. You could like get uh, you know, a bowling ball from, the, from one part of the mall and use it to knock zombies' legs out from underneath them. Uh, this one is the fourth one. First time it's been on Xbox One. No, it's not. That's it's the not second true. time it's been on Xbox One. It was one of the launch titles, but, Dead Rising Three. Mm. But it's a new developer, Capcom Vancouver, uh, and they've they've told me in Didn't an interview. They well, <laughs> they've told me in an interview, Robin, right. that they've doubled the amount of zombies. Double the zombies. There's double the zombies and even more ways to kill them. Uh, let me just talk you through the weapons that I discovered while playing. Um, so I think my favourite one uh, was the exosuit. It's like a kind of mech that you can put on. It makes your punches massive and devastating. And what you can actually do with this um, is rip parking mirrors out, the, out, out from the ground and whack zombies over their heads with that. There's like um, a candy cane crossbow which shoots candy canes, but they're, they're quite sharp. Now, why does it shoot candy canes? Cause it, oh, because it's Christmas-themed. It takes place on, on Christmas. That's cool. I, I can't think of too many games that like have that like Christmas theme to them. So I like love movies that. where you go, oh, Die Hard, Home Alone. Home Alone. I always think was, seasonal uh, games is an underserved yeah. genre. There's a couple of really good seasonal games, but usually... Batman from... Um, oh, Batman uh, Origins. Batman yeah, Origins, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Knights, Christmas Knights. There's... Uh, um, oh, Nights into Dreams. Yeah. yeah. Costume Quest covered both Halloween and Christmas. Yeah. It's, it's, good. it's like a, an atmospheric time because it's like there's the snow on the ground and the, the weather's a bit, a bit darker. Um, zombies everywhere. Yeah, you can see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is, it, is it a scathing critique of uh, Christmas it's, consumerist culture? It's not, but there are Christmas weapons. It's not a scathing critique. It's not a scathing critique, okay. no. It could be if you looked at it that way. I might interpret it that way when I, um, when I play it. There's, a, there's like a Christmas gift boxing gloves. That you can put on your fist and. Uh, what's uh, the difference between Christmas gift boxing gloves and regular old boxing gloves? Well, these are these are more like a um, like Christmas shrapnel. 
stuck. You know the wet bandits. Christmas shrapnel. The wet bandits on Christmas pudding. Bits of wet bandits from Home Alone. Well, yeah, they they can they kind of like in Home Alone too. They wrap kind of sticky tape around their hands and plunge it into a. A man, are you, are you thinking of tin. Rambo? <laughs> Doesn't that the start of like Rambo two? You, you kind of need to see it. Or to, the grey. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. he puts the glass in his fists. Yeah, but like like baubles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and then he's and then he's punching. And then he's with punching it. people with that. Does that happen in Home Alone? I don't remember that. No, no, no. What he he puts his hand into like, an old man's tin of um, <laughs> coins, and I don't remember that. Use it to rewatch it. It's good. Okay. Um, Home Alone is good. Yeah, okay. I remember the grey. There's a firework too, gun. But... There's no wolves in this game. There is a electro... Oh, stopping with the Christmas theme now. There's an electro axe, which is like Thor's hammer. You can charge it up, slam it down, and it takes out a wave of zombies. There is an ice sword, which freezes zombies. There's also, going on to the costumes, you can dress as Morrigan from Darksiders. Darkstalkers? Dark Stalkers. The, yeah. uh, the fighting game. Mm. Um, so that's like a, tool, a callback for, to another Capcom mm. game. Uh, there's my favourite, Triceratops Head, which uh, breathes fire. That's cool. Um, and going on to vehicles now, there is a electrified ATV. Right. But oh. My favourite vehicle of all is <gasps> the... Uh, it's quite funny. <laughs> it's the, um, it's like a food cart. A food cart, which is like a deep fat fire on the back. A food um, cart. A food. You know those food carts in shopping centres, which like sell a shopping like donuts. No, no, a no, food no, no. cart like a like a hot dog stand. It's like a ve- like yeah. a vendor yeah, right, okay. stand, yeah. uh, like that, um, and it shoots like flames out the sides. And obviously, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, oh, and there's another one that's like a jeep that f- flings zombies, like uh, grabs them. And oh, flings I saw. Them out yeah, the back. I saw an image of this, like a big catapult thing. On yeah, the back. yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I, it's got the weapons. Um, so big question from me, having having reviewed uh, Dead Rising 3 when that first launched and one of my big problems with it among the many problems that I had with it mm. was like when there's like lots of weapons around you like you've got a base you could have like a really lethal weapon like a chainsaw or something on the floor and it, next to it would be like a teddy bear and yeah. you'd be like I want to pick up the chainsaw but it's all tied to one button and they're all like you have to be pixel perfect and you, it's quite floaty control so like running over and hammering the button you're just as, it's like 50% chance whether you'll pick up the teddy bear or the, the chainsaw. Is it a bit more like... Precise. I guess, yeah, is, is there a bit more uh, precision to the, to, to the overall play of it? Or is it I, still quite floating? I didn't have that problem when I was picking up weapons. Mm. Um, it, it tells you, like, from about five minutes away, it tells you what weapon it is. Yeah. So as long as you keep that on screen, the name of it, and press See, that, the right Yeah, on. I mean, that was a problem before. Like, you have all these, like, huge vistas just full of, like, thousands of zombies or hundreds of zombies, I guess. But then you'd be constantly looking at the pavement, trying yeah. to find the, the the whatever item it is. So if they've solved that problem, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one because there's so many zombies. Uh, there's there's not a lot of challenge. Uh, it's it's more like a, a playground where you can use your weapons right. against the zombies. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of a lot of challenge in it. When they've removed the timer, right? There's, there's no timer as well. Um, there's no timer in it. Yeah, because like in in two and three, and I think it, I can't even remember with one that was so long ago. But like yeah, there was certainly I'm like trouble. there were events that would unfold. Yeah, one had had a timer with events that if you missed them, mm. then you would never be able to experience them. So like one playthrough, almost certainly you'd be missing huge chunks of the game. And it was just too stressful. It was yeah, because you were that. always missing. See, things. I, it's a fifty-fifty thing, is it? Some people hate it, some people yeah. like it. I mean, uh, for me, it's like the idea of like a, a like. A Dark Souls run where like you play it once through you know you're not going to see everything you know that you're going to have to 
play through it again and try things differently the next time to be able to see like side quests unfold. But then like Dark Souls didn't have a timer, whereas thing that, the thing with Dead Rising is it has a yeah, timer. That's, so. that's the thing that's stressful about it, is that mm. you can see your chance to experience everything the game has to offer, just like ebbing away. And so yeah. like, when it goes into the red, you, you know you're not going to get there in time. Especially with 3, where, and you can tell me if this is still a problem, where like the roads were so narrow and so full of like debris and broken up cars and stuff. Like they would, they would give you this big city, but then no like uh, fun way, I guess, of traversing it. So they'd have, oh, here's there's a vehicle, there's like a steamroller that you can go really fast, but then there's stuff constantly in your way, like bouncing off things, making constant three point turns trying to get past things, uh, and and just getting around that city wasn't fun. Is that the case now? I had fun getting around. Um... Because the, the the vehicles were much more... They just seemed really powerful. Though. Nothing could get in their way. Right. Uh, I was knocking things out of the way and, and stuff. That's it, st- it still seems quite dense, though. The streets are quite narrow. There's much, there's much more uh, zombies in the, in the streets. But yeah, I didn't really find that problem. Cool. I, I have to add that the, the level is... Um, like, the, the world is not just restricted to a mall. Now it's like the city of Willamette. It's, right. it's Willamette Mall like, and the surrounding area, so... There's more scope for the streets to be a bit bigger. Mm. Hmm. And it's Frank now, right? Did we mention still, Frank? Still Frank, yeah, the, the protagonist from the first game. Yeah. They um, made him a little bit a little bit more generic looking, which I thought was a shame, because he's always been this sort of really... Uh, he's, he's quite an ugly guy. <laughs> he's, sort of, <laughs> he's sort of a sweaty, slightly horrible looking man and he's always been like quite different from other video like game protagonists receding hairline and he just looks like a bit of a sleazeball which I've always kind of liked mm. but now they seem to have made him just a little bit more like you know is, generic is, protagonist is it set in like a specific timeline is it after the first game it's chronologically after, or? yeah actually the first game um, the mall blew up at the end of it Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. spoilers 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 spoiler of a 10 year old game <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if that's a spoiler Deal with it. Um, Take that, Dead Rising. Wow. Soon to be Dead Rising fans. <laughs> uh, but in this game, uh, it takes place the same location, but everything's been re- rebuilt. Oh, well, so they just rebuilt the, the same mall? Pretty sure. That's what the developer told me. He might be like lying, but he said, yeah, it takes place. You're not very good at reading sarcasm, are you, Ben? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was my sarcastic voice. Um, that's, that would be a classic horror movie trope, right? Like, everyone everyone gets turned into zombies at this mall, and then it gets destroyed, and then they're like, well, just rebuild the mall on the exact same spot. <laughs> and then the zombies come back. Like, I, I don't understand. Oh, it's all happened again. <laughs> I, I didn't play three. I'm not sure how that ended. Like, did you find a cure for the zombie plague? Evidently uh, not. I can't even remember. I blanked it all out. It was so atrociously bad. Yeah. I mean, well, it, was, it was just incredibly mediocre to the point where I just got frustrated just with it. Didn't care. Yeah, stopped caring very much. So yeah, I, d- I, d- but, so I just I, I, but, but saying that, just to cl- clarify, like I loved two. Yeah, I thought two was great, especially with co-op stuff. Um, so I would be very interested to see if four is like a return to that kind of like really colourful chaos everywhere, stuff kicking off, fun. Like you, the fact that you're calling it a playground, that makes me think that they've they've taken to heart what criticisms people had. Yeah, third game. let's take the timer away. Let's give you loads more weapons. Like zombies are, are less challenging. Let's mm. Just express yourself in the medium of violence. Yes. Hmm. Well, you can read more about that in our uh, well, as I say, in both issues, in the issue currently on sale in shops, and in the uh, in, in our next issue, a bit more in depth in our in our next one. Mm. Um, but from from hordes of mindless zombies oh, shambling about no. barely aware of their surroundings here we go, here we, go. we transition oh. nicely into Pokemon Go oh. Oh. 
good that one. Was, that was quite good. Is that the one you had cooking for like? Yeah, I've okay. been I've been planning that one for quite a long time. So um, well I hope everyone at home appreciated that as much as as uh, Ben and Matt in the room did. Yeah, now you can uh, stop with your emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Pokemon Go. We ca- we can't not talk about Pokemon Go. It is physically it's, we can't not. It's sweeping the nation. Um, the globe, would you say? Sweeping yeah. the world, yeah. Well, now it's even in, it's it's now out in Japan as well. Which uh, uh, so it's in America, Japan, Europe, and it is everywhere. It's come full circle, like a Voltorb. People are finding dead bodies. They're stumbling <laughs> off cliffs. Um, they're all the uh, good stuff. <laughs> the people who just stumbled off robbed. cliffs didn't die, by the way. They're okay. They're okay. Yeah. So don't worry. Um, Some of them probably died. I haven't played it. No, no one's died. <laughs> no one's no one's died yet. Um, yeah. I'm the odd one out. I haven't played it. Uh, I think my phone data would not be able to take it. But uh, but Ben, Matt, you've both been catching away. Yes. Catching them all, you could yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is... When we talk about being a phenomenon, it's like... So I went... Uh, the day I downloaded it, I went out for a walk to, like, test it out. And there's, like, a field near my house, which, at the end of which, there's, like, a little, like, bench and, like, country kind of sign thing, which became a, a gym. Mm-hmm. And, like, I live in, like, a, a wasteland of, of rural Britain. There's just nothing there. And yet, around this little bench, there were, like, 12 people of all ages, just, like, all chatting away, complete strangers, like, catching Pokemon and battling at this gym or whatever. And I was just like, wow, that, what, what? Like, what? It's uniting people. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a force for good, surely. Uh, people don't approach you in the street because I've been told I... People have told me I look quite grumpy, so I don't really get approached in the street much. But I was approached this week um, when a lady... Well, I walked past her. She was outside, like, a Pokestop. And um, I was looking at my phone. She was looking at her phone. She looked up. Are you here for the Pokemon too? And I was like... She was about 25. And I was like... um, (laughs) I was like, specific detail, but well, she sounded really young when I just did that impression. Okay. Oh right, you thought she was she like twenty-five. Sure people people didn't think that you were like finding children using this. Yeah, um, which happens. Stay safe. Uh, and I said, "Oh yeah, I am." And we, were, for a brief moment, we were both outside catching a, a Pokemon that was outside the the stop. And I, I moved on because I didn't want to um, have a conversation with her. <laughs> but it's nice to know that people are being all friendly and approaching people. But yeah, as you say, Pokemon is. Bringing people together. Yeah, I, I really like this. You told me that story earlier. I really like this idea that like Pokemon Go is trying to bring you together with other people, and you're like resisting it <laughs> with every fiber of your being. <laughs> I'll, I'll humor it. I'll, I'll I'll greet the person if they greet me, but I'm not going to stick around. No, thank you. Um, but the it, game itself, though, are you enjoying it? Do you know when I first started playing, mm. I did think this is really limited. All you're doing is throwing a, a flinging a ball with your finger it's almost like there's a golf game on the on the iphone i forgot the name but it's you just fling the ball and get it in the hole it's like that but with pokemon hmm. but the more i played it i've been playing it solidly for about two weeks now and there's a lot of depth to it actually yeah. um what, what about you i bounced off it fairly quickly i think i got to like level seven or eight or something yeah. um and yeah just kind of stopped playing because the, the core thing of, like you say flicking a ball at some little monsters Kind of got boring, and like I, I, not just some little monsters. Uh, not just some. well, this Iconic. is the thing. This is the thing. When I uh, like when I, I was starting to get a little bit bored, and then I saw a Paris. I was yeah. like, oh my god, I remember Paris. I remember that guy. And so, like, I explicitly went out of my way to catch the Paris, and thought, yeah, this is what it. This is what it should be. This is this is this like exciting kind of. <gasps> but then uh, again, when I did find the Paris, I was just flicking a little 
well, all in. I just got quite bored of the core of the game. I, I think it's genius that they've only focused on the 150 yeah, uh, first generation. Because yeah. anyone who has ever seen Pokemon in the last 20 years, they're, they're instantly familiar. And they could be like, like you said, oh, oh it's Paris. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's Oddish. I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah. And he's come yeah. back in my life. And <laughs> I, li- I like the Oddish, I've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally hadn't seen Oddish for like 10 years until he showed up again. <laughs> I forgot he existed. Hey, Ben. <laughs> I've hardly <laughs> recognized you. Oh, and it's Seal. It's Seal in my back garden. Um, oh yeah, I, I caught a seal on my bins. Yeah, in my, on, on, in, you know, on my wheelie bin. They show up everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was actually expecting them to, to try and tie it into Sun and Moon and for it to be like half old Pokemon, half new ones or something. Well, you but do, yeah, you're right. They've made like a much better. You decision. do get the sense that this was developed outside of Nintendo HQ. Like it was an antic game, uh, you know, made in cahoots with the Pokemon company, with Nintendo not really paying too much direct attention to it right so it, like it does feel like niantic uh, who are so they are owned by google aren't they yeah I think and they made so. ingress or there's is, some there's some kind of like connection between them maybe. yeah yeah maybe they were hired by google but um but basically they've made this game before and it was called ingress and it feels like they've kind of licensed the rights to put i mean it's more complicated than this obviously but it always feels like they've kind of licensed the rights to use a pokemon skin on yeah, their yeah. existing game but obviously with pokemon it widens the appeal of it to yeah. such a degree that then i mean it's one of those games where if you're going to have a game like that where it's kind of uh, social and 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 stuff like that the more people you can get playing it the better right mm-hmm. and if you and if pokemon is the angle to get people playing it but uh, I mean, it, in regards to that, I mean, it just shows you how many lapsed Nintendo fans yeah. are out there waiting for Nintendo to make good stuff for them. If to you play. put out yes. a game for a device they've all got instead yes. of instead of Nintendo consoles that they didn't buy, yeah, then they'll all be with you. They'll, they'll all be there. They'll, they'll line up. Yeah, um, it's quite amazing. Yeah, that oh, that's a good, that's such a good point. It's like Nintendo just just make your stuff available mm. and people will play because they they like you. They just mm. don't want to. You know, buy an NX or you know buy a, a Wii U, but like get back to to Pokemon Go. I I just think the structure is really they, they they've nailed the structure. For like for instance, you start out you're like a level one. You've only got access to these specific Pokemon. You catch you know Jigglypuff or whatever, uh, and then that gives you a bit more experience. And then new Pokemon start showing up. And then before you know it, there's like Parasect, like the evolution of Paras. And then you catch that, and that puts you on a higher level. And you just every level you you're uh, finding new Pokemon. I've been playing like for two weeks, as I say, and I'm only on level 13. And it says I've, I've seen 50 out of the 150 available Pokemon. There's, mm. So there's still like two thirds left of the game to go. Uh, then you can start getting into like the, the Lucky Egg tactics. Have you, have you heard about the Lucky Egg? No. So there's this item you get sometimes when you level up, or if you uh, if you can buy it as a buy it as well. I haven't spent a, a penny on Pokemon Go, but when you level up, you sometimes get a Lucky Egg. You activate it. And this um, doubles your XP for half an hour. What I found I can do is queue up all my evolutions. So I've only got one more uh, point to spend in the evolution. Queue them all up, activate the lucky egg, um, evolve like 10 Pokemon once, and I've like doubled all my XP and I like, get loads of levels from that. Mm. Uh, just all these little tactics you can use. Um, and then that's even before you get into the, the hatching the egg phenomenon. Uh, all the different ways you can hatch the egg. You have to walk a certain number of steps to hatch an egg. But you don't have to walk if you have a bit of know-how. For instance, you can you can strap your phone to a dog and let the dog do the walking for you. Don't do that. Don't do that. And uh, if you want to find more tips that you shouldn't do, uh, <laughs> Ben has actually written up uh, his essential guide to Pokemon Go uh, in our next issue. 
essential Pokemon life facts you absolutely must not attempt. Mm. <laughs> well, from from hunting around for Pokemon. Oh, I can't wait. Go go to hunting monsters oh. in Monster Hunter <laughs> Generations. Oh, that sounded like a massive oh. release, Matt. It was. Attention was huge. <laughs> I literally couldn't breathe. We uh, reviewed our uh, we reviewed Monster Hunter Generations. Formerly known as Monster Hunter Cross, is that in Japan? Yeah, that was the name of it in Japan. Um, we reviewed that in our issue 306 on, sh- on shelves now. Um, and since then, I started getting into it, and I've never played a Monster Hunter before. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 made, I made the explicit point that this was not the one to start playing, <laughs> so I'm interested to hear how you're getting on with it. Yeah, I, and uh, Chris, who did our review, Chris Schilling, um, I believe he sort of mentioned as well that this wasn't the best entry point. But um, why is that? It's I think it's kind of like so. It's a lot of. It, I mean, Matt will be able to speak to a lot of it. A lot of it, I think, is lost on me because I've never played ever one before. But I think it's supposed to be like a greatest hits of Monster Hunter. It kind of is, yeah. So like your, your traditional up till now Monster Hunter kind of structure involves you starting out at a little village, usually having been knocked out by a giant monster, uh, and then. You go on a bunch of quests, which slowly build up your village with different vendors, different uh, like blacksmiths and all this kind of stuff. And your the level of your quests get higher until eventually you can take on bigger monsters. Da 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 da. But essentially, you you usually stick in like one area. Or in Monster Hunter Four, there was uh, I think there was like a, a, ca- a caravan that you were building up, which was travelling from place to place. So there were multiple places, but you still had this one um, this one kind of drive throughout the the kind of the the quest lines where it was you're building up your caravan with different bits and uh, different characters but in in generations it, like you say the greatest hits package it 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 has four uh towns that you visit but it just kind of throws them at you at the yeah. same time and says oh yeah there are these four towns and all of the stuff you you can do in each town is exactly the same so you, there's a blacksmith in each town there's a there's a guild uh, person in each town. There's a quest board in each town, etc. So there's no real reason beyond like what the place looks like to to kind of move between them when you're not just out hunting monsters. Like in in past Monster Hunter games, if you were in the town that's in the mountains, then you know that when you set out on a quest from that town, you're going to be heading up into the mountains somewhere. So there's like a thematic link between it. So you'd say, you'd say right, I'm heading out from this area, and I know I'm in the mountains, so I'm going to pack some. Hot drinks and whatever to kind of keep me warm. Hot drinks in the mountain. Hot drinks in the mountain keeps you keeps you warm. Keeps you warm. Uh, oh, the mountain's cold. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, in generations, it doesn't have that like thematic link to it. So I'm, I, yeah, that's why I'm. It feels I'm the, the, the locations feel very disconnected from one another because it feels yeah. like feels like I'm selecting things from a menu and then I'm going there. But there's no sense of like, oh, this is the village and it's in the middle of the snowy area, and mm-hmm. this is the village that's in the middle of the desert or anything like that. Yeah. And like, sorry to to sort of set this up slightly. If you've never heard of Monster Hunter and this right, has yeah, all been yeah, nonsense, probably do that. To set this up slightly, Monster Hunter is like it's hugely popular in Japan. It's always been a bit niche here, but it's like definitely growing. And I think Monster Hunter Four was like a oh no, Monster Hunter Try was a big so one I guess I guess the big le- the big leap really was Monster Hunter Four Ultimate because it was the first yeah. time when you could play online. And like the the reason why it's so big in Japan is because playing whilst commuting and playing in like communal areas is such a such a big part of Monster Hunter and previously you could play Monster Hunter in multiplayer just by being in the same room as people rather than playing online 
Whereas, like, in America and uh, in Europe as well, there's just a lot more distance between gamers. Mm. Like, we're not all in one, like, city or uh, there's people all over the, over the country playing it. Um, and so not being able to play online was such a, was a big hindrance to its growth. That wasn't the case in 4. So you've really seen this big spike in, in people playing 4. Then talking about it, and I guess convincing a bunch of new people to come and play Generations, which is like, oh, Which God. is a bad, a bad hop-on point, apparently. Whatever, whatever we're saying about, about um, Generations, like that, the, the structure being a bit awkward, the, the actual hunting, because you can guess by the title of the game, it is about hunting monsters, uh, is as refined and as, as good as it's ever been, which is mainly down to, like... In traditional Monster Hunter games, every new iteration they'd bring in like a couple of new weapons. Like, uh, and every weapon has its own like move set, which you have to learn, and, and that actually takes a while to learn. So, like, I think last time they, they introduced the insect glaive, for example, which which I could never properly master, but I know Chris, who did our review of Generations, did. Uh, whereas this time in, in in where sorry, what's an insect glaive? An insect glaive is basically a kind of big stick with a moth thing that you feed nectar to and he will help you attack a monster that sounds weird and it lets you jump which other weapons don't let you do there's a there's a sort of there's a, a sort of baseline weirdness running throughout monster yeah. Hunter. You're, you're sort of you're in a fantasy you're in a fantasy world and you hunt monsters and you and it's like an rpg like an action rpg but you kill monsters and you take like their Bits. bits. You take like like scales and you take like bones. teeth and bones and stuff, and you use that to make your armor. And um, so yeah, like your character doesn't level up. You yeah. don't don't like have stats which you level up with your character. You you gain power by yeah by harvesting chunks of monster. That's I'm the really thing like strapping that. it to you. That's the thing that attracted me to the game is I really like the idea of 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 like your armor and your equipment reflecting. What you've done, what you've done, and what you've achieved, and stuff. Like mm. someone sees you, and you've got like two massive tusks coming out of your shoulder yeah, pads yeah. or something. They're like, "Oh no, that guy totally killed a mammoth or something." I, I like yeah. the idea as well that could you theoretically go to the last or the, like the greatest monster in the game, kill that, and now you're like max level because you, you're wearing his. It would just kill weapon. you, though, is the thing. Oh, well, also, you well, if you're to, really good, though, no. you do have to progress through the levels. Yeah, as well, so yeah. quests are blocked off by like a star rating. So when you start the game, you only have okay. one star quest, and you can only unlock more quests by completing a certain number of of quests. So like, yeah. if you if you do like ten, or I don't even, I don't know the number, but if you do like ten one star quests, you unlock two star quests, and then so, you it's do. It's like a real time Pokemon. Uh, not, not really, not really. at all. <laughs> no, but you're kind. You're not really capturing monsters. You're you're, you're, you're killing them. You're and, killing and them. Stripping them for parts. Yeah. Uh, is it like a series of boss battles? You could say. Not, not, really. not really, because there are there are like s- s- smaller monsters that you can go out and harvest for chunks. They're like, like big Pokemon. big boss monsters. You don't harvest anything. Lose for chunks the Pokemon, Pokemon thing. Okay. I know. Okay. You, I know I'm trying to understand this. Pokemon is this because my segue? Is this is my no, segue led you astray? Um, I can't. I, I do like hearing about Monster Hunter, though. I think it's a really cool... Uh, yeah, and, and the, the thing sorry, with, the thing with Generations as well segue, sorry. is that um, in terms of, like I was saying, the, 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 the actual hunting that you're doing, you've got these new uh, styles, which you didn't have. Like, so, like I said, previous games it would introduce a new weapon, which you'd have to wrap your brain around. Now it's these four new styles. So you've got like aerial style, uh, I think it's called Bushido style. Or is it, I, I no, it's, it's called adept style. Yeah, it's, it's guild adept, uh, striker, striker yeah. and aerial. aerial. And 
these four styles will alter your movesets with all weapons. So, for example, if you've got a striker style, it will allow you to equip three uh, three new abilities, which could be like a, an extra, a faster running speed or a slower depleting stamina bar or something, something like that. But it um, will make your standard combos, your standard attack combos, like fewer. It will like limit you the number you can do. Uh, like, for example, the aerial style will allow you to uh, do a little jump after each roll, like dodge roll that you do. So you can leap onto the back of monsters and start stabbing them uh, whilst you've like mounted them or whatever. Um, whereas normally that's not something you can just do. It's something you have to like find a high thing to jump off to, to, to do that. Um, so it kind of unlocks different like styles of play across all of the sets of weapons. So like whereas... Like for example, with Monster Hunter Four, I started playing the Insect Glaive, realised it wasn't for me, and went straight back to the Charge Axe, which is what I was using before. Now it doesn't matter what weapon set I'm using; there's always something, there's always extra depth behind the weapons I'm familiar with, as well as uh, you know ones that I'm not so to kind of delve into, which is great if you're already familiar with everything. This is the problem: is it, it the game has. This is clearly the game, like, that you can tell when you start playing this game that this is the result of iteration on iteration on iteration on iteration. And every with every new entry, they've clearly gone, we're not leaving anything behind. We're, we're bringing in all the features from the last one, and then here's some new ones on top of that. Which makes sense, because people who are really big fans of Monster Hunter, they're going to want all the old stuff, and they're going to want their favourite weapons, but they're going to want new things to do with them, stuff like mm. that. But if you're coming to this one fresh... It is completely overwhelming because mm. there is there is so much stuff that you're just given up front, mm. and it's not even like I, th- I think it would it would benefit from you slowly unlocking stuff mm. because at the moment, I, which I can understand why they didn't do because people who are really into that game would be like, oh, I've got to unlock all this stuff all over again, mm. but it feels like it's like, here's like 20 weapons. Here's like four styles for every single weapon. Also, you can be a cat if you want to. <laughs> also, there's this, there's this, there's this. There's all these villages. What do the villages do? Oh, they're all the same. Like, it's so, it's so much stuff all stacked on top of each other that it makes it... Um, like, like, I'd always been told Monster Hunter was confusing and difficult. Mm. But a lot in this game, a lot of the confusion feels like unnecessary confusion. Mm. Like the game just isn't ordering itself well. It isn't making itself clear. And I found the actual hunting, I've not run into anything that difficult so far. Yeah, I mean, it's a much um, easier game in terms of, like, the cha- the challenge of, of doing stuff. It's much easier, that I fi- I've found, them, especially than 4. Uh, I've been told it gets harder as you as you. It does. I mean, there, there, there are four new monsters in this one, a couple of them in particular that are, are properly tough. Um, there's, like, this owl thing that, like, puts you to sleep. I think it's called a mill... Milfinito. That's no wait. That's Dark Souls, isn't it? I've got Dark Souls on the brain. Milfinito. Yeah. There's uh, women in Dark Souls too. Don't know who that would be. There's singing women in. Oh, this is a segue that we don't need to do. <laughs> uh, Cut off on a tangent. Well, well, can I ask about the monster design? Actually, like, is it Go as on. good as the previous entries? Definitely. I really like the monster yeah, yeah. design. So basically, they brought in all the monsters from previous games and added four new ones in. The four new ones are great. There's one particular. I think it's called Galvanus or Galvanus or something. Oh, like that. that thing is cool. Yeah. And it's got like. Uh, a rock like flint it's like a big T-Rex basically but it's got this like flint rock style like tail which is like in the shape of a sword so it's like and it can uh, scrape it along the ground to set to set its tail alight and use it as like oh, a fire cool. whip it's, like it's very cool and, and tough it's hard 
It's one um, of the things I really like about Monster Hunter is, uh, even though it is kind of confusing and unwelcoming in some ways, like the aesthetic is really good. It's like the monsters look really cool. There's something really quite like something quite charming about the world that mm. it's in. It doesn't really look like any other fantasy game. It's um, very unique. I think like it would it would be interesting to see what they did if they brought it away from the handheld and into that's the what I'm waiting yeah. for. Like the handheld really puts me. I don't like the idea of controlling like a a, a big 3D action adventure like on 3DS. But mm. if it came to PC or console, I'd be well up for that. I think the thing is they're trying to hold on to that sense of like local play. Yeah. And and for that it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I I think that the game is um I I'm completely new to it, so like I there's a lot of new ones I'm probably missing. But for me it feels at the moment like it suffers a bit from the three D S controls. I've definitely gotten used to them more and more, but like it feels like you're playing and you're like, I wish I just had a proper camera stick mm. instead of like a little nub. Or potentially, I mean, there are versions of the 3DS that don't even have that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, down. I mean, you, you, it's back in the day, right? I'm talking like, like Freedom Unite, like, back, like old school Monta, Monster Hunter, where you didn't have any control over the camera really. You just had like uh, the kind of standard like push this button to fate to have the camera yeah. reset forward. So you were constantly having to rely more on like knowledge, like. So the first time you'd see a monster, or the first like three or four times you'd see a monster, you'd literally try and get as far away from them as possible and just watch them, and listen to listen to them as well. Like so, because you know that when you get in there to actually take them down to start fighting them, you're you're not going to be able to see them all the time. So you're going to have to, uh. right? So like you're going to have to know when you hear this sound, that means the monster's probably doing this move. So move this in this direction to get out of the way. So you you need to be able to respond to things before before you can see them like just out of predicting animation sets or, or predicting sounds and things like that that was that was old school monster hunter so you don't have that to contend with now at I least don't, now, I don't, at least now these have, days they don't you have, have you have a lock on feature so you can have the camera yeah. constantly lock onto the monster you have like let's say it's little at least you, well, have you can't the constantly log on uh, sorry lock on you have to like keep yeah, like you have to tap, tap the button to reset it. But, um, but I mean, that's better than just tapping the button yeah. to look forward. Uh, well, and to be fair, when I first started playing, I was like, why can't I just lock onto the monster and be constantly locked on? And then the more <laughs> I played, the more I realised you wouldn't want that. No. Because that would... Um, it would change the direction you'd be dodging. It would... Well, and sometimes the monster would just, like, flip over your head or something. Yeah. And it would be completely disorienting. Like, you, yeah. need, you need to be able to have your own especially view, especially but. as well because you use you, you use the environment in battle as well yeah. so you, you want to know what edges you can jump off what you want to know where your where your kind of easy exits are where you can get around cover and stuff like that so being able to look at the things you need to look at rather than just focus on the monster at all times it's quite important but yeah like, like I say I think I think aside from the controls as well I just think that world like you say it's unique it like, looks great like seeing those monsters in full HD big screen or vision would be great. I kind of mm. hope that that's what they, they'll be working on next. I always say, I've, I've, I find whenever I start talking about it, I always end up saying like negative stuff about it because it is quite right, overwhelming. But, but, but I do, I it? am enjoying it, right. and I think it is really cool, and like I can definitely understand. I've always heard people talking about it, and I've never really understood what it was about, mm. and now I really understand why people love it, um, and uh, I'm keen to play some more. Cool. Um, I guess speaking of games we're keen to play more of... What could it be? I don't know. This is a very. I'm not as transition. excited about this one. I can tell it's just a standard 
standard segue. It's one you got in the bank. That's kind it? of a generic segue in many yeah, ways, okay. isn't it? Yeah. But uh, come on. I know Matt, you wanted to briefly touch on Starbound, which right. is our lead review oh, in, yes. our, in our upcoming issue 307. So I've been playing this game for for, for a long old while, like since it was an early access, which I think uh, was 2013. Yeah, I think that's when it first yeah. first launched on early access. I mean, we did a feature on it back in the day. Uh, Ahead of the curve, Games Master we always. We really were. Well, I mean, I, mean, I was, because I, I made the editor at the time let me run a feature on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it's great. It's bas- it, it, You guys played Terraria. Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, so it's like Terraria crossed with, I guess, with like No Man's Sky. Well, to take like, that back one step, Terraria is basically, is basically 2D Minecraft. Minecraft. It's, but, two, it's 2D Minecraft. With, but with bosses but and, with, uh, and like actual and send space. Quests no, Terraria and progression. No, and stop we're getting tangled up now. Yes, we are. Tangled, that's a movie. It is. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, Starbound is, you are a little 2D sprite dude, or dudette, uh, with a uh, spaceship, which is uh, on the fritz, over a, a kind of primitive world. And at the start of the game, you have to beam down and collect materials in order to re- repair your spaceship. And... Uh, yeah, like you say, it's like it's 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 Terraria, except uh, with this kind of spacey, kind of interstellar flavour to it, where you are building little bases, little huts for yourselves, uh, and eventually you fix your ship and figure out that actually this is just one planet, uh, a part of a, uh, a much larger, like say, solar system, and that one solar system is actually much part of a much larger, procedurally generated galaxy. I and guess you can go anywhere. Well. To go to specific places, you need to upgrade your ship. And to upgrade your ship, you need to, like say, head down to worlds, discover things, bring the parts back up and fix your ship to, to be able to go f- further, to be able to go faster, to be able to, say, um, I think, what was the example in the review? It was like, uh, if there's like a moon with a specific gas around it, you can't approach it until you've got the right stuff for your ship to protect you from that gas. I see. Um, but what, kind of, what kind of stuff's on the worlds then? So it's well. This is the thing. This is this is this is the lure of it. Really, is that you in your standard like crafting game, you just dig down. There'll be a few like tunnels or whatever, and you gather your materials, gather your coal, gather your whatever, and take it back up and start crafting with it. Build a base. But in Starbound, each planet you land on is typically brimming with these like little secrets, and those can be like um, like full on like dungeons, like with bosses in, or it could be. I mean, when I was playing, I found it's like such weird things. I found this uh, gang of like avian. There's like these. There's a race of like bird characters. I found this like avian uh, pirate gang who had kidnapped some children from a nearby uh, town or whatever. And I could, if I wanted to, go in and rescue these hostages, or I could just steal all their stuff, or I could just leave them, or I could um, make friends with the the like captain of the ship and like trade with them and all this stuff. On a completely different planet, I found, uh, and it was like an ice world with like tundra everywhere. And I found um, this weird, in the middle of the tundra, this like skyscraper filled city of ape men who, uh, who were under massive surveillance by some weird like government organization. So there were like cameras everywhere, and all these people were like oppressed, like dystopian sci fi city. Uh, and and there's like an underground lab that I could have. Uh, broken into to discover what's actually going on here and this kind of stuff. This doesn't sound randomly generated though, it sounds like... Well this is the thing, the, 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 these are um, structured bits inserted into an otherwise randomly generated world i.e. you don't know what you're going to find but there are a set number of of, for example pre-built things that you can stumble upon. Mm. Um, the, the, 
the brilliance of it is that there are so many of those pre-built things that it's, it takes a very long time. I, I certainly haven't bumped into the same thing like multiple, multiple times. It's not like you get bored of something. There's always some twist on it. There's always, or it always feels like there's some kind of twist on it. Um, and that there's something new to discover just around the corner, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's great. I mean, it, it's PC only now, um, but we know it's going to be coming to Xbox One and PS4 at some point in the future. Um, I think this is going to be a really big deal. I think it's, it's a phenomenally good game, which which I'm kind of hoping will we'll kind of get the kind of plaudits for that because it's not really as good as it has been in pre uh, in early access and, and as much as PC gamers kind of know about it it's not really broken through to the mainstream like something like Minecraft or, or even Terraria to a certain extent have done I was always surprised by how much Terraria did break into the mainstream mm. um, or, or I don't know if it broke into the mainstream or if or if, if just because it was similar to Minecraft People kind of treated as if it was, mm. but there were like Terraria toys that I've seen. Yeah, in like yeah. I've seen them in like Phoenix and stuff. Yeah, like uh, like racks of Terraria action figures, and I was mm. like, what? Because mm. I mean, you don't normally see like kids action figures, even of like big mainstream games these days. Yeah. But I don't know if that was just a toy company being like, oh well, this is similar enough to Minecraft, but we can license it for cheaper. Maybe we can make this work, or, yeah. or if there was genuinely big demand for Terraria merchandise. But yeah. I, do, um, I do like the, the appeal of these like the, these two D takes on. 3D games like Terraria kind of boils down the, the Minecraft thing but it, it puts it in like a world that's easy to understand all you're doing is going left and right there's no like you can't really get lost in Terraria and the same thing you with totally Starbucks can. yeah you can you totally get can. lost in Terraria but there's only two dimensions I, I understand you know what I mean, what I mean. it's like yeah, Starbound like boils down the, the No Man's Sky thing yeah um, yeah and, and it is approachable like if you don't like this world hop on your you know spacecraft Touchdown on a new planet. Yeah, a I, think, new level. I think the thing as well about it is, and, I, and I'm hoping that this is what No Man's Sky can kind of conjure up as well, because obviously in the 3D space it's much harder to get this across. But in a 2D space, I guess it's, I guess it's easier for them to build the constituent elements to then randomise it and put it together. I, I, like I said, I guess I don't know, but like when you first land on a planet on a new planet, Starbound, uh, you get like, like the little music plays, like specific music. You, you kind of. You, you you kind of sweep in and you can teleport down and everything feels just completely fresh. Like you get this sense of like, what am I going to discover here? Yeah. Like the the cats the wearing color clothes. Of the, like the soil is a different color or like the, the grass grows in a weird shape or there are strange t- trees. Like one one world had like cotton bud trees. Like yeah. trees just just had this huge balls of cotton. Oh, I've seen like eyeball plants as well. Yeah, or, 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 um, or and the, the monsters you find as well, the aliens. Some of them are friendly, some of them are not, but you're not going to know yeah. until one tries to beat your face. I saw a cow with bunny rabbit ears. It's probably even Amazing. Uh, um, the thing I really like as well about Terraria, about, I think I really liked about Terraria and that I'm excited to, uh, that makes me excited about Starbound, is like, the thing that put me off Minecraft a bit was sort of the lack of structure because it's Minecraft very much feels like it, over time um, I, there is like an end boss in Minecraft but mm. it's, it's more Minecraft is more a game for people who want to set their own goals make whatever they want to make stuff like that mm. and I'm like a simple soul I need someone to be like you know here's the boss you've got to go and kill and like Terraria added that to the Minecraft formula for me yeah. it was like 
here's a boss you've got to go and kill, here's, like, objectives, here's, like, loot you can craft, like, you're levelling up, stuff like that. Mm. And, like, Starbound seems like that, but in, like, this huge universe. Yeah. Um, and as you say, it seems very No Man's Sky-esque before No Man's Sky, so... It's, yeah, it's got a progression of what you're talking about. You need these, uh, these items to access this planet. So it, it, it's like gating. It locks you in until you're ready to access that planet. Yeah, I like that. and, and you, you get this sense of progression, but equally, it's so easy to get distracted by by just the fun you're having whatever, doing whatever it is you're doing so like you'll find a planet that you particularly like and you're like well I, I want to come back here wherever it is I do end up you know however far down this story that I end I'll up I'll always remember doing, these I, I want to be able to come back to this trees. exactly come back to this world because I've spent so much time here and because I like it here uh, and, and you know you can uh, I think Tom was touching on this in the review as well but you can lease out like property you can basically build an apartment block or build like your own like castle or whatever type of building you want to build and you can get tenants in to like rent rooms in it see now i like it i I like the idea that you're generating your own money in a game and then you can go you can go away come back and you've got some cash even though it's like it's virtual cash i can't buy anything (laughs) with it but i just like the idea of so like you can have this like imagine that you could build your own like little apartment block or whatever have like loads of characters in there who that you, you you chat with who that help you out da 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 whatever, and then you go off on this interstellar adventure to go and discover new worlds, and then at the end of the day you can always come back and everyone will know your name, <laughs> and you can you can kick out the ones you don't know the look of all that. I I always like as well like the if uh, if you give me total freedom. I'm just like, uh, like, it's like build anything. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to build. But, uh, but if it's like there is structure, but then you are free to do anything if you want to, mm. then I feel like, like you kind of develop your own objectives naturally as you're. So, like, if it's like, oh, I've got to build up my stuff and go kill this boss, then it might be like, well, in order to build up the resources I need, I'm going to need to build a little mine, mm. and then maybe I'll build a house on top of the mine so that I can go and put my stuff there, and, and like, and then this idea of like you can rent stuff out to people. It's mm. like, it's like, well, maybe if I build a little village, people can live in the village and make money for me, and it's not like just build a village for the sake of building a village, you know. So um, I'm excited Rules to try Starbound. Control the fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know. You want, there should always be rules and safety in fun, yes. I think. <laughs> I agree. Nice. <laughs> um, we've just about got time for a quick reader question. Cool. What's your segue? Uh, there's no segue there. From Disappointing. From a universe of possibilities yep. to a universe of readers eager to know more info about us at Games Master. <laughs> that was my favourite one. When I you like say that. universe, it's one question. <laughs> one question. <laughs> but it's one question plucked out of a universe. Okay. There's infinite ways to answer it, so... Uh, true. Although actually, no. There's only there's only like three hundred and seven ways to answer this question. <laughs> this is intriguing. Legitimate ways, at least. Scott Jones at First Metal God on on Twitter. First Metal God. Well, All caps lock. Was he really the first? I mean, I can't prove otherwise. Mm. He certainly got to the name first. Photo where it didn't happen. Photo of you beca- ascending to God. <laughs> please. What is your favourite issue you have worked on with GM? Now, Ben. You've only worked on GM for a little while, but you have written for GM for quite a long time, so feel free to pluck from anyone that you've, you've freelanced for. I really liked working on issue 300 because it was our top uh, like 100 games uh, to play right now, and it was also contained uh, our top 100 games of all time, like the, the, the games that had the most impact. I remember going to the pub with you two gentlemen, talking very loudly about Pokemon. There was a lot of disagreements... <laughs> Peanuts were thrown. We had to hash out our uh, lists. Yeah. It was it was a it was a Herculean 
Genu- genuinely like left me in agony. It was stressful. <laughs> um, and you were quite a contentious. I mean, you, uh, you, you, were, you were poo-pooing other people's. <laughs> oh, that's how it works, though. People poo-pooed my stuff. Well, so I had to hit back. Fair enough. With poo. Um, okay. oh, <laughs> Matt, which is your on. favourite issue that you worked on? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from my first issue, like the f- first issue that I worked on at Games Master, which was uh, issue 250. Another milestone one, but that was when I f- like first started as staff writer, um, and I think we did. I think it was like the 250 like greatest gaming moments, but like, uh, which is an incredible number to think of, of, of for one th- feature. Like j- just 250 of some th- of anything is pretty big, a uh, big task. So like pulling that together was a, a bit of a an undertaking. But ma- mainly it's just the fact that I I I'd made it. I'd made it, guys. I was here. <laughs> Uh, Can I ask a question about this uh, particular issue? What was on. the greatest moment of all time? It was. It was. It was Super Mario exploring the castle in yes. Super Mario sixty four. I agree with this. It's a strong yeah. moment. This was amazing. I thought so. My favourite issue. I've now forgotten the number. I think it was two nine six. But it was the Star Wars Battlefront issue. Two nine seven. Two nine seven. Yeah. Uh, not because I'm a massive Star Wars fan or anything, but I just thought that our Star Wars Battlefront issue it just had it was um, it was split run it had four covers, and I thought all of them were amazing. They were so cool. It was like, as I say, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but it had like it was just really, really like nice, clean covers of like Luke and Darth Vader and Boba Fett, mm. and then them all together, the montage. <laughs> and I really liked our feature. It had like our. Um, uh, much as I hated checking through it because it was so fiddly, um, I really liked our list of every Star Wars game ever. Mm. I just thought there was something really special about being like, here's every single one, which ones have you played, and then us all sharing our memories of our favourite ones yeah. and stuff like that. And that issue also had the Street Fighter tournament in it. Yes, when we thrashed uh, Games Radar into well, oblivion. Well, yeah. I, I, I thrashed Games we, Radar. We, we, team, team mentality. Mm, no, I, I won. For the team. Well... I claim victory. There's no Ben in team. Um, but yeah, so we had a Street Fighter <laughs> tournament. We had, we had um, early access to Street Fighter Five, um, very early access. Yes, to yeah, 5, I mean, we got it. Was really like, exciting. Pretty much everyone. And um, and we held a big tournament. Us on Games Master, the old school print uh, versus uh, Games Radar, the online, the website, the, uh, the, jo- the young upstarts, the Johnny Come Latelys of the, the losers. Office. <laughs> yeah, well, lo- as it turns out, the losers. We smashed them. And uh, Matt Elliott uh, wrote up a, an absolutely brilliant write-up of the tournament that I thought was absolutely hilarious and like weirdly compelling, even though I was one of the entrants in the tournament. I was still reading it like, who's going to win? Yeah, yeah. And it turned out it was Ben Griffin with a low kick. So. Oh, oh, yeah, can I just... Spoilers. Can I just detail why that was so good? Because, firstly, that was the first time I ever played Street Fighter. Secondly, I was playing on a controller. And thirdly, I, was, I did the same move over and over again. And I still won. Oh, it was brilliant. That, it Street Fighter players weeping across the country <laughs> to hear that, but uh, but I think that's oh, that's about all the, all the time we've got. Um, if you want to ask us any questions uh, like that, and thank you very much to Scott Jones for that question. That was a really nice question. I enjoyed looking back on old Games Master. That was a delightful mm. question. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to ask us any questions like that, just email us at gamesmaster at futurenet.com or go onto our Facebook or our Twitter. You can ask us anything you like, uh, and obviously. Head out, get issue 306 on shelves now, or wait a couple of weeks, get issue 307 on sale 11th of August. As I say, big picture of uh, Link on the front and some amazing Legend of Zelda coverage. If you want to reach Ben Griffin, 
<laughs> if you he want to explain Griffin directly, you can find him on Twitter at... At Game Griffin. I'm uh, at Robin L. Valentine. And Matt? I'm at Gmaniacal. But he doesn't really care if you tweet him or not. Do what you want. Um, thank you very much for listening. That's all the time we've got. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.